Hello and welcome to Shelf Confidence, a podcast brought to you by the Pennsylvania Food Merchants Association that focuses on trends and innovations in the food and beverage retail industry. I'm Liz Kemery, your host, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Cheryl Heft, who is a senior manager with World Connect Energy Services, and Samantha McHugh, who is senior sustainability consultant with World Connect. World Connect is a partner with the Pennsylvania Food Merchants Association and is also a Platinum Corporate Leadership Sponsor. Today we'll be talking about how to develop realistic sustainability goals for your company. How are you, Cheryl and Samantha? Good. Thank you so much for having us today. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. So Cheryl, are you ready to kick things off? Sure. So first of all, can you just Talk a little bit more about the partnership between World Connect and the PA Food Merchants Association. Yes, uh, we have your exclusive endorsement, PFMA's exclusive endorsement since 2010. At that time, we were on-demand energy, and we only did electricity and natural gas procurement on behalf for your members. Three years ago, we were acquired by World Fuel Services, and that definitely increased all of the Uh, items that we have the ability to offer to your members now. And as you mentioned, Samantha's going to be talking about sustainability. But with this exclusive endorsement of yours, it gives us the ability to go out and shop and price all of your members' electricity and natural gas as a member benefit to them. That's awesome. And uh, so you talked a little bit about that benefit to our PFMA retail members. Are there other benefits that come with that partnership? Sure. We do bill review. We're happy to do a complimentary bill evaluation for them. We even have some of your members sending us their current contracts to review just to see if there's anything in there that we might have the ability to help them with. Again, this is a free service to your members as part of their membership with BFMA. What types of businesses does World Connect serve and how far is your service area? So we're actually a global company, and I'm, I'm very proud of that. We have the ability to, to service here, obviously, in the entire United States. We have great relationships with the local utilities, all the seven public utilities across the state of Pennsylvania. For those larger merchants that you have that have properties in other states, we have the ability to help them as well. So again, the acquisition from World Fuel Services has really enabled us to grow and and truly be a one-stop shop. We say everything energy, and by that, it's actually quite true. We have the ability to provide physical energy supply, obviously the energy procurement that I've spent a few moments talking about. We also do price risk management. That's especially great for some of your larger members that are looking at a dashboard of multiple meters across the country. We do energy data management, And then as Samantha's going to be speaking about here in a little bit, we also do sustainability. So again, quite a nice portfolio of products so that that we can truly help any size meter, as we like to say, uh, have the ability to break down costs and, and conserve energy. That's fantastic. Now, with this partnership in place, uh, what, what are the costs of your services to PFMA members? Well, cost is free. Uh, Again, we have the ability to evaluate their bills. 
uh, the the fees that would be included would be totally based upon what particular products they're looking at with us. So shopping is free. It doesn't cost them anything. Bill analysis is free. That doesn't cost them anything. I know that Samantha's group has some services that they have the ability to offer initially for free. It's a customized solution for each one of your members, whether it's a, a local grocer or one convenience store or a chain of, of retailers, we have the ability to do a customized solution for each one of them. All right, great. So bouncing back to sustainability is one of the services that you offer. This is, of course, a top objective for many businesses right now is how to operate more sustainably. And businesses know that they should be headed in this direction, but not everybody knows how to do it. So Samantha, could you explain briefly how a business can operate in a more sustainable way? Of course. So sustainability is all about the triple bottom line. And this is an expansion on the traditional bottom line, which historically has been focused mainly on the economics and the economic performance of a business. But sustainability not only looks at economics, but also the environmental aspects, as well as the social aspects, that triple bottom line, economic, social, environmental, or I like to say the three P's, people, planet, and prosperity. So it's all about looking for those projects and initiatives that will have a positive impact on the environment, strengthen the communities where you work and live and play, all while reducing costs. And I think a great way to start out is to look at your current operations, because I can guarantee that you're already doing something that falls into this broad category of initiatives, things like energy management programs or waste reduction or community engagement and outreach. And you can really build off of that. Okay, that's great. Now, for a business that wants to move in this direction and either start or enhance what they might already have going on, how do you develop those goals? What would you say are the top three things that a business can do to start working toward setting more enhanced sustainability goals? Yeah, so I think step one is to outline your sustainability vision. You know, really think about where you want to be in five to 10 years. And how do you want to be perceived by your clients, your customers, the public, and and your employees? And then I think step number two is to determine which sustainability issues or topics are material to your business and your stakeholders. So there's a lot of things that can fall underneath sustainability. And uh, to go through a materiality assessment, that will really help you identify and refine and addressing, you know, what makes the most sense for your business to focus on. And then it'll also help you prioritize on where you can have the largest impact and also will be a good process for engaging your stakeholders. And then I think, you know, the third step, again, is to assess your, your current state of your operations to determine baseline. So have an understanding of where you're at in order to set a goal of where you want to be. And I think the best way to do that is understanding your data and assessing those existing programs and policies and metrics and engagements in your company. Yeah. And uh, we've done a few podcasts that focus on sustainability in some aspects, of course, like you said, it's a very broad topic. So there's a lot of different ways you can go with it. And it does feel like once you can kind of get into like numbers and set goals that meet certain percentages or, you know, come up with things that you know that you can incrementally improve on over time, like that's the way to kind of go. It's all about setting a a realistic goal is all about finding the right balance between those achievable goals, but goals that are still ambitious enough 
to help you build a more resilient business model and one that you'll be able to continue in years to come. And, you know, another kind of, I guess, extra bonus tip outside of that three is that not all sustainability programs and goals have to be used as marketing tools to help build your brand, at least right at the start. From personal experience in previous roles, I have helped companies build sustainability goals and strategies, and they would wait four to five years of having this sustainability and program in place just to make sure that all the ducks were in a row, they had solid data, and that they really had a good story to tell before going public with that story. Because they didn't want to be accused of of greenwashing or or things like that, right. just really sure that they had the the strong evidence to back up a great story that they were telling. Yeah, now that's a really great point. So what would you say are some other best practices that a business should consider before they really dive into first, I guess, creating that strategy and then sharing that strategy? Yeah. So some of the best practices for developing a successful sustainability strategy uh, would be to ensure that the, the team or the sustainability leader that has been tasked with this work has the proper education and foundational knowledge. So to really level set and just not assume that everyone, even the sustainability team leader, has that required background information and that education. So on sustainability topics, the history, definitions, and scope, and really learn about the sources of that corporate value creation from sustainability. And I think part of that educational process should be to look at, at case studies, what others are doing and within your specific industry, in your region, and also your biggest customers and suppliers. I think that will really provide a lot of valuable information. And then once your team and your stakeholders has this knowledge, I think just a good old fashioned brainstorming session is always a great place to start to kind of get those big picture ideas out there or to learn more about other areas of your business to maybe identify some of those projects that are really going on, then you'll have to do that prioritization exercise, that materiality assessment, and really identify what areas and topics you'll have the most impact on and which ones make the most sense for your business to focus on. And then I think, you know, that final step before setting those goals and those strategies is to really assemble the data that, that you need to really get a firm understanding of, of where you're at, whether you're looking at energy usage and you want to set a reduction goal or waste generation. And again, wanting to start a reduction goal, you have to know where you're at to get a better understanding of where you want to be. Okay, that sounds great. And I love that you're also speaking about making sure that you're, you know, you're doing your research, you're benchmarking, you're making sure you have the data to kind of back up where you want to be. Uh, Because I feel like a lot of the businesses that are successful with their sustainability strategy have buy-in across the board. And I think that a lot of that comes from making sure that you're doing your homework and that you're prepared and that and that it's authentic and that you're really trying to make a difference in what you're doing. So regardless of the size of the business, would you say that there are certain pitfalls that people should consider as they're putting this sustainability strategy together? Yeah. So some pitfalls that I've seen are organizations thinking that one person who already has a full-time role within the company can take on this work by themselves. And it really does take a team. I mean, you just talked about that top uh, engagement and bottom-up approach, you know? So it really takes a team. You're going to need representatives from various departments in order to create a cross-functional effective team and really bring all those different 
perspectives and areas of expertise, ideas and strategies, and, and bringing them all together. I think when you do that, you'll be able to find synergies and leverage those synergies to really find those overlap of priorities and really get the most out of, which I'm sure are already scarce resources. You know, not everybody has the most amount of time to dedicate to yet another task and another role. No, absolutely. And I've, I've seen that, uh, like you said, kind of go both ways where you sort of think of it as an afterthought and you kind of grab that person who already has too much on their list. And then it's just, you, you can't find success that way. I don't feel like, or you, you know, you plan and you do it right and you have the support of somebody who can uh, pull you through creating that strategy and doing it the right way. And then, you know, you can find success and improve from there. I mean, there's plenty to discuss in this category, but one other thing that we wanted to touch on was carbon footprint. Can you explain a little bit about what a business's carbon footprint or a company's carbon footprint is and why that's important to their overall strategy? Yeah, so a carbon footprint is a measure of all the greenhouse gas emissions, either directly or indirectly from a particular business or organization and listing where those emissions are coming from. You know, it really goes back to the classic saying of you can't manage what you don't measure. A carbon footprint or greenhouse gas emissions are frequently referred to as carbon emissions and the two are really used interchangeably. It basically means the same thing. Carbon dioxide is the most common greenhouse gas and the most common unit for total greenhouse gas emissions are converted into carbon dioxide equivalents. And it's just an easy way to take into account all seven of the most common atmospheric gases and looking at their various global warming potentials. And the Greenhouse Gas Protocol is a comprehensive global standard framework to measure and manage greenhouse gases. And it's the most widely used greenhouse gas accounting standard. And it's virtually the foundation for every carbon footprint reporting program in the world. So calculating the total greenhouse gas emissions is an integral part of a carbon footprint, as well as categorizing these emissions and identifying where they are coming from. And the three categories are scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions. So scope one emissions, those are direct emissions from sources that are either owned or controlled by the company. And some examples of that include fuel combustion and boilers and furnaces to power you know, the buildings that your business operates and maintains. And scope two emissions, those are indirect emissions. So indirect emissions most commonly come from purchased electricity or steam, again, to use to power the buildings that you own and operate. And then scope three emissions, those are other indirect greenhouse gas emissions. So all other sources, both up and down your value chain. So some examples of that include employee commuting or any other corporate travel mm -hmm. or waste that's generated from the from a product that maybe you're creating or the end of life use. Scope one and two emissions, those are the minimum requirement for carbon footprint reporting. And it's really step one to really get a solid understanding of these emissions to really okay. identify where they're coming from and how you can reduce it. And scope three emissions, they should be added to create a more well-rounded view of your organization's total impact. It's definitely the more difficult one to get a handle on. So that's kind of why it's more that intermediary or more mature step for a sustainability program. And carbon footprint reporting is really important to a sustainability strategy because climate change and reducing the globe greenhouse gas emissions is probably the most pressing environmental issue that we're dealing with. It's getting a lot of media attention. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the 
26 discussions just wrapped up in Glasgow. And that's when really the whole global community comes together to discuss, you know, how we're going to reach these goals. And it's really at these international meetings where the directive is sent out to reduce cut emissions in half by 2030 and be carbon neutral by 2050. So that's kind of the reason why you're most likely seeing goals that are in alignment with that international climate change community. Yes, it is always news these days as as it should be. In some of the previous conversations that I've had on sustainability issues, you know, we do things that we can at home. And it's interesting to think about how much more in tune with it my children are versus how I was when I was growing up, which is great. But where you can really see, you know, leaps and bounds in improvements is where these large companies can come in and make a difference with the strategies that they're developing. So um, yes, everybody I feel like, you know, should be should be recycling and turning off their lights and using less water. But where a company can really put a, a large impact and as you were saying, you know, work on their carbon footprint and is when they're working with somebody like World Connect to come up with a strategy that um, impacts us on a greater scale. I mean, we've covered a lot, and this is really just scratching the surface when you're talking about sustainability. But if there is a member who either needs to start their sustainability strategy or wants to enhance what they're doing with World Connect, what would you say would be the first step that they need to take? Yeah, so I would recommend checking out our website at worldconnect.com or to follow us on LinkedIn. We frequently post case studies of customers we've worked with and more information about all of our services. Then I also just recommend reaching out either to Cheryl or myself and we can set up a phone call to learn more about your business, answer some of your questions, identify where you're at in your sustainability journey and really tailor a proposal for which of our many sustainability solutions will be the best fit for you. Okay, great. Is there anything else on this topic that we didn't cover today that you wanted to mention? You kind of mentioned this a little bit ago, just, you know, everyone really has has a role to play when it comes to, you know, mitigating our, our changing climate and adapting to future changes. And whether it's a business or a nonprofit or an NGO or a governmental entity, you know, it's really going to take all of us to get to where we need to be. All right. Awesome. Well, I thank you both, Cheryl and Samantha, for your time today. It's a great topic to explore and an excellent service that's offered from World Connect to our members. So I encourage people to you know, reach out, take advantage of it and learn more. And thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. And thank you so much for your exclusive endorsement where we really appreciate it. We love working with your members. Absolutely. Thank you. That wraps up season one of PFMA's Shelf Confidence Podcast. Thank you to all of our guests and to those of you who tuned in. Please join us mid-January for season two. Listen, share, and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thanks for listening and enjoy your holidays.